Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. We are so happy that you joined us today, and we hope that you are doing well wherever you're at and whatever you're involved in. We just pray that God is blessing you and ministering to you. And so we're really glad to, we have a good table tonight. I am surrounded by um, sons and a husband. And so what a delight that is to, to get to sit at this table with all of you. And so, Chris, I'm glad you made it in because it is really important that you, you come. Usually I'm outnumbered by women, but now you're outnumbered by men. I am. Tables have turned. The tables have Darlene's turned. Darlene's table has turned. Yes, it has. <laughs> and so how interesting is that? We'll see how good you guys are. But, no, I'm always glad that you make it, even if it was a little late. We're glad that you're here because... I was uh, late. It's been a busy season for Chris and his family. It has. All yeah. the ball games and tournaments and all, everything that's coming to the to an end right now. I'm thankful for this delicious coffee. Yes. <laughs> um, and, of course, it's always a pleasure to have my husband sitting at the table, and he is sitting in the spot that he loves dearly to sit. Yep. And it's my not, left-hand man. It's not by me. <laughs> it's I'm, sitting there. I'm at the right hand of the Godfather here. Yes. Left, left, left hand. hand. Yeah. Okay. You're my left-hand man. There you go. And uh, so tonight he gets to be, uh, I don't know what you call him, a flacky, I My guess. friend. He's my friend. He's Thank friend. you, sir. Okay. Thank you, sir. He's and the assistant to the district manager. There you <laughs> go. Something like that. <laughs> and sitting right next to me tonight... Everyone thinks, oh, it's Tiffany, but no, it is not. It is her wonderful Better husband. Yes. <laughs> who, uh, well, we won't even go to the fact that he, he really is uh, Pastor Daryl's son-in-law. Yes, son-in-law. Yeah. Were you here when I said that? And so, no. No. Well, I was introducing Lou, and I was, I was trying to be real sophisticated about it. And so I was going to say, not only is he my not only is he my son-in-law, he's my daughter's husband. And I said, not only is he my son-in-law, but he's my wife's husband. <laughs> oh, I was here for that one. That was good. Yeah. That wasn't one worthy, worthy yeah. of trying to even fix. You know, it's there, like there's been a couple of those lately that it's just we'll just let that pass. Mm-hmm. We have to. We do. We do. But I am so uh, excited and always honored to have my son, Joey, uh, all the way from Bend, Oregon. He is on the telephone with us tonight, and we are so excited, Joey, that you're here. Yes. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, we have attempted uh, a few times, but uh, we have. Yeah, we couldn't get schedules together. But here you are. He was here what two years ago on the on the podcast. Almost. Yeah, almost, almost two years. Yeah. Was it really that long ago? Yeah. It's wow. been well over Before the there. studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's horrible. It, no. Everybody just stays busy and the world goes round. And before you know it, I used to think it was only, you know, as you get old, that happens too. But when I listen to all the young people around me, they have the same dilemma. I think it's getting worse. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, is. It is. Yeah. It is. Definitely. I think you feel it now that you're older because it's just getting worse. Because it's just getting worse. Maybe yeah. that, sure, that's what it is. Everybody's busy. Yes. And, and you know, for good reason. Yeah. And uh, everybody says the day goes by really, really fast. Uh, we're in the season of life where a month goes by very fast. That's true. I feel that yeah. way, too. Do you? Do you? Yeah. It's hard to believe it's May, and we're halfway through May almost. I know. And you could be my grandson. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. My grandma's 75. Yep. I could be your grandson. Yeah. No, you could be my grandson. <laughs> be a little weird, but we can make it work. <laughs> hey, sometimes you might be your own grandpa. You never know. <laughs> Daryl gets a little mixed up on who he is. I think we all do. <laughs> I lost my wallet Wednesday. Oh, my goodness. And I could not find it. We went to West Plains for a board meeting. On Tuesday, and, yeah. Uh, Tuesday, yeah. And so we, uh, I got home, and I couldn't find my wallet. And the next day, I called at the service station down there at Lo- uh, Love's uh, place. And they said, no, we haven't seen a wallet. And uh, finally, I just said, okay, Lord, you can either show me where it's at or just protect me. It was in your pocket. It was. And I took it out to get gas. 
down there at West Plains. But anyway, uh, I came to church all down in the face and uh, told Darlene, you know, it's maybe it's in her car, and, but it wasn't. So she pulled into the driveway last uh, Wednesday night, and that was last night, wasn't it? It was last night. Last yeah. night, yeah. And so uh, after about 24 hours of returning home from West Plains, she looked on the wood pile in the garage, and there was my wallet. <laughs> Where he has laid several things. On the, the wood pile. <laughs> As he gets out of the car, he lays stuff on it. And anyway, yes, quite interesting. We lose our glasses and we lose our phones and our iPad and keys constantly. But anyway, you don't need to hear that, do you, Joy? <laughs> that all that's going on. Uh, it's good for me to know what's coming. Yeah, <laughs> very interesting. Well, Joy, tell us a little bit about what's going on in your life, what God is doing. I... You know, I just, I love the fact that, Joy, you've been at the church that you're working in and working at and with for how long now? Uh, four years. Four years. Wow. That's gone by fast, hasn't it? Yep. And so tell us a little bit about what you are doing and the name of your church and your pastor. You say anything you want because there, hopefully there will be some listeners that are in Bend, Oregon, or around your area, nice. or those that will, you know, you guys have a great uh, every every Sunday. At, you have a great podcast, uh, Facebook. You're on there on YouTube. So tell us a little bit about what's going on in your world. Yeah. Um, so we've been in Eastmont Church for uh, four years, a little four and a half years, um, and I've been the tech director there for four years. Um, and when I came there, everything was about 30 years old. So my job was to replace everything a little bit at a time. Did that. And, um, you know, before, before we moved from Nashville to Bend, I got my real estate license, um, for Oregon and, uh, was doing that at the same time. So I was doing a little bit of real estate, mm -hmm. I went full time at the church, did that for about a year and a half, and then started doing real estate full time. Did that for, I'm um, still doing that. I still have my license and still do some, but now I'm doing a lot of um, shooting video for commercials, TV commercials, and um, doing a lot of real estate photography and things like that. But so that's kind of what's going on in our life. But as far as the church goes, I, I have to tell you that I, um, I don't think I've ever been in a place at the right time as much as I am here. Um, their season and our season um, seem to just shake hands. Mm -hmm. It's the craziest thing. Um, and I think, you know, being, being a believer my whole life and um, sort of being, I've been spoon-fed the gospel pretty much my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's amazing the difference between hearing and listening. Yes. Um, and I think I've spent most of my life hearing, but not really listening. And I realized that, uh, I think about five or six years ago, that if someone asked me to defend my faith, I knew that I couldn't do that. And I'd been a believer since I was six years old. Um, and it really, really brought me literally to, to my knees and um, I think that's what the, this church has done for Sarah and I is that we are now so hungry to know more we we talk about it all the time we have she says she has one goal and that's just to please God I say I have one goal and that's just not to embarrass him hmm. that's um, good you that's know good. I and so we I don't know. This church has just been, it's been uh, life to us. Honestly, everything else here has been very, very hard. Yes. It's been a really hard almost five years, but um, we've had peace and um, and have grown so much since we've been here. And so I, I just, I cannot say enough about Eastmont Church and our pastor, uh, Blaine Braden and, and all the pastors there, Dan Price, all, all those guys who are dear friends of mine and um, it's wonderful to be in their lives, you know, and really in their lives and see them, you know, in the good and the bad and the ugly and know that they really are um, 
they do live what they preach. Um, and that's wonderful. You know, I mean, I saw that growing up, obviously, with, with you guys, but um, it's different when you, you're you an adult, you're on your own, you make mm -hmm. your own choices, you do your own thing. And here I am, 54 years old now, um, feeling like I'm just now beginning to really know him. And uh, it really is because of the move and where God planted us. And yes. We still don't know all the reasons why, but if this is the only why, it was still worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I loved what you said, Joey. Uh, there's a difference between hearing and listening. Mm -hmm. You really got to the place where you listened. It's interesting because uh, last night uh, Daryl preached on, on, you know, again, on the simplicity of faith. And, and so many times we have knowledge, head knowledge, but we don't really listen and digest it for ourselves. And, and I think uh, that is what we as Christians, if we aren't, we can hear and hear and hear. But when we begin to listen with our spiritual ears, then we can begin to take it in. And, and that is so exciting. It's exciting for me to hear you say that because I believe that there is there is definitely a culture of of men and women, young men and women, uh, whatever age. There's a hunger for the word like never before, and so it's just really really exciting to me to hear you say that because that's yeah. just well said. It's exciting to say and to me and i'll take it a step further too there's i think the only you know we all hear the word we sit down in our in our pews or in our church seats and the pastor gets up and you know shares the word um we all hear that and then you can actually listen to that but i think there's a responsibility um as a as a believer that i'll be honest i never ever really did this until now until the last few years, but uh, you know, now when I, of course, I'm there for three services, you know, and I'm I'm doing Facebook Live, and I'm I, I've got a lot of irons in the fire on a Sunday, and I work for a very long time, but I get to hear the sermon three times, and then I get to bring it home and edit, you know, before we publish and all those kind of things. But um, I don't think hearing and really listening is even enough. I think there's a responsibility as a believer that you have to open the book you have to yes. open the word of god if you don't open the book you have you're just hearing someone's opinion mm -hmm. um one of my favorite things that that our that my pastor has ever said is that um that you know we don't come there for his opinion and if we do we're coming mm -hmm. for the wrong reasons that's right um and he tries really hard not to give his opinion. He tries hard to, you know, pull every last truth, you know, out of the word. And what it does is it makes you accountable to then, okay, so I've heard it, I really listened it, it, it kind of settled in my heart. Now what do I do? Well, you got a whole week um, to pull out the word and, and find out what it means. Read before it, read after it, mm -hmm. you know, find out what the cross references are see what happened in the old testament that made this part of the new testament be real be true right um and i think those i think that's probably the most exciting thing about uh sarah and i's walk right now is that we are just um determined to know him i don't um i don't want to stand before him and and him look at me and say i never knew you because um, he does know me, you know, yes. and I know him, and yes. um, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I I wish I wish I had um, I wish I had this happen to me thirty years ago. You know what I mean? Sure. It's interesting um, you said that. I've heard lots of people, believers, just in the last year, talk about God's timing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's people I've known that have, that have waited for answers for years and years, and they just I was talking to someone just last week, and they said, you know, I finally just got a piece about it happened when it happens, 
and mm. and I talked with a little bit, and there, there's there's something huge to be said about that piece, and you and you'd mentioned that when when you just get to that calm of knowing I'm right where I'm supposed to be, yeah. you know, and, and we sometimes you know our, our bodies, and because of the busyness of the world, we're so anxious, and when we get those quiet moments, I know I I have trouble sitting down. So sometimes at night, if I'm home, I'll just be up pacing the floor, thinking, "Okay, what should I be doing?" And in in that conversation I was having with my friend, we were talking about the peace, and he said, "I just," he said, "There was a lot going on in my life, but I just, I just felt peace." And when I was able to stop and slow down, and then some of those answers that he had been waiting for for years started happening. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said about that when we can just relax in the lap of Jesus and just have that peace and let God do mm-hmm. what he needs to do. And then and the good, microphone dropped. Good catch there. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. I heard someone say on the radio today um, that God works in the waiting. Yes. Oh, he does, Joey. All, I mean, honestly, that's and that's where we grow the most is in the yeah. waiting. That's where we've been for what feels like forever, um, but it's the truth. It's and the if truth. you embrace that, the growth that happens and your, you know, you, you, not just your community with God, but your community with your local church and your local town and, mm. and you know, your ability to be salt and light, um, it, it just compounds exponentially when you really get to know him and you are patient in the waiting. And that's, you know me, that's not, that's not me. Mm-hmm. And now I think that's all I do, and I'm pretty pretty okay with it. Yeah. Like I just does. It doesn't matter what's next, as long as he's with us. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We remember when uh, God delivered the children of Israel from uh, Egypt. How He delivered them in one night. He brought them through in one night, crossed the Red Sea. But uh, and it was only an 11-day journey. But God said, uh, "I'm not going to take you on that 11-day journey. I'm going to take you on a 40-year journey." It was not about the destination. It was about what can I learn in the dry places? What, what, what's he going to teach us in the uh, deserts of our life? And, uh, yeah. and that's when the relationship uh, began to improve because they, were, they, were, had, they had to trust God. They had to trust him for his food, for their food. They had to trust him for their clothing. They had to trust him for shade and, and uh, heat. So, uh, there, you know, the, we all have these dry places and we all have these deserts in our life, or, or uh, as somebody said, storms. I think Lou said that a while ago. We all have these storms, but you know, it doesn't mean that we have to have the absence of peace just because we're going through a storm. Absolutely, that's good. That's really good. That's true. Yeah, and I think one of the things that 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 I think is really interesting too is um, c- because you mentioned the Israelites, and and yes, God did take them around the long way, mm-hmm. but He also was so protecting them. Uh, from uh, having to fight well uh, matured fighters. Right. You know, and... They weren't trained warriors when they left Egypt. No, and and God was protecting them from having to go to war if they had gone the short way. They would have went right through the Philistine country, and and the Philistines were were men of war. So they they would have been in the middle of a war... uh, by going the short way. Right. And so even though it was the long way, they needed to get trained. They needed to get tough. And they, even though they had been slaves, their mentality was still slave mentality when they left and when they were uh, on their journey. But what's interesting is not one of those made it into the promised land. I know. They yeah, that's what... Not everybody learned their lesson. No. Um, not everybody was patient in the waiting because not everybody saw the promised land. There was they only didn't. two old men that made it through. That was the ori- two of the original people out of Egypt yeah. made it, and uh, the rest were born in the wilderness. Right. Yeah, and I think one of the interesting lessons for me there is that it, you can't you can't just phone it in with God. Yeah. It, you just can't. You know, He made a promise, but you know there. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's a responsibility on our part to do yes. our part to get yes. to know him. You know, yes. I just if I ever feel like I leave his lap, and I I know that may sound weird, but I just Not envision myself sitting in his lap. You know, it's and and talking and communing with him, and 
And anytime I find myself sliding off his lap, I know that it's time that I've not been in the word, that I've not, right. you know. Yep. Um, and it's, it now becomes a very horrifying feeling to me. It's a very, it's conviction that I, boy, I don't like it yeah. at all. Well, any great relationship is built on communication. You'll, you'll yeah. never have a great relationship if you don't talk and fellowship yes. with that individual. So that's exactly what God's longing for is our fellowship. Mm -hmm. And like you say, crawling up in his lap and just yes. not asking him for candy and, and sugar. Just, just crawl up in his lap and just say, God, I'm here to say I love you. I didn't come to ask for anything. I've mm -hmm. just come to tell you that I love you today. I think it's interesting, too, the what he's describing. It's kind of what we talked about two or well, it would have been four episodes back now, but the awakening that we talked about yeah. and how we thought this couple, well, about almost two years ago, we thought the season we were going into was going to be a revival, and it, it, it is in certain ways, but I think it's almost believers coming, because what Joey describes is similar to my life. I know um, lots of people in our church have been going kind of the same thing, just that intimacy with the Father mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. understanding Him and, and growing deeper and especially people that have grown up in church our whole life. I mean, where you think that you know him, but you really don't. Yeah. And I, that awakening's super important. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There, there's, there's something different that's happening in the spiritual realm. And, and it is exciting because, I mean, we know that, there's, we know that the world is confused and messed yes. up. And, and it would be easy to... And, and we can't stick our head in the sand. We need to know what's going on, for sure. But still, there's just something that is so much more powerful that's happening. There's an urgency that we, as Christians, haven't had. Yep. And, and we need that urgency because <clears throat> there's a big push going on, and we better make sure we're pushing in the right direction. Right. Well, we're in, we're in the last days, according to Bible prophecy, I believe. We are seeing the nations rise against nations and men's hearts failing them because of fear, children uh, being unthankful to their parents, not you, Joey, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but, we, but the we, younger generation is. We, you see such an attitude. And so, and we are living, and we, sh we should be more serious with our relationship with God. But I don't want us to give up. I don't want us to think it's, it's over. Let's quit no. trying. Let's quit pressing in. Let's go into a coma. Let's fall asleep. Like, like you said, Chris, you know, the day's coming when the glory of God's going to be revealed on this earth. Just the Bible says in Habakkuk, just like the waters cover the sea, the glory of God is going to be seen again. So this is a great time to be alive and serving God. Yeah, yeah I think so too. Um, I don't know how much time we have here, but I just... Quite a bit. So, Go for something it. came to mind, so I'm going to fire away if that's cool. Absolutely. Um, you, you know, I live in the Pacific Northwest, which is, in my opinion, I mean, I've traveled the world, and this is one of my favorite places in the States. Um, and I'm so blessed that God allowed me to live here. It's, it's incredible. It's beautiful. Um, however, um, you know, you can watch the news, and you know what's going on with Seattle. You know what's going on with Portland been going on for years now um this is a very liberal part of the country you know and your um, church has gone through a lot joey oh my goodness have we ever um you know we've we're fighting you know we're we're fighting critical race theory we're we're fighting um leaders stepping out of their lane that they were never ever meant to be in. It's not, you know, um, we've walked through those things and it's crazy. I'm gonna read you something that I read this morning that we all know. Um, I do not love the world or the things uh, or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life, is not from the Father, but it's from the world. Um, we've all read that so many times, but I think more than ever, right now, um, we need we need to care yes. about our relationship with God. Yes. 
getting close to him, putting on the armor of God, yes. being willing to, again, be salt and light in our everyday lives and not just say it, but actually, you know, yeah. I, when I meet someone, if, if they don't walk away and feel something different, then I, I feel like I have failed in my ability to get close enough to him because uh, I don't want my words to be anything but his. I don't want my attitude or my heart to be anything but his. And there's something, you know, out here, there's there's so much money out here. I've lived where you guys live, Nashville. Um, I've never seen money like this. It's unbelievable. I don't have any of it, let's be very, very clear. <laughs> um, but it's insane, the amount of money that's out here. It's also insane, um, I guess because I've never really been around a whole bunch of money, um, it's interesting what money will do to people mm-hmm. and what that power does to them. Um, I, I can't say that it changes them because I didn't know them before, but I can tell you what they're like now. And their worldly possessions and their little bubble that they've made um, is the most important thing for them. Um, and I get it. I get it. Um, but nothing we store up here is ever going to matter. You don't get credit for it in heaven. Mm-mm. You don't have, you know, uh, a storage shed in heaven that has all your junk in it that you paid for, that you worked so hard for. Um, all of your promotions and your trophies and your awards and all the good things and the pat on the backs and all the time you gave in open instead of giving in private. All the times that you did things to try to bring glory to God when you were truly being selfish. None of that stuff can you take with you. Amen. None of it. And I'm just telling you, having been in this environment now for four or five years and not having any of that um, and seeing other people, uh, I think more than anything else, my heart breaks. I'll drive away from a meeting at a home and with tears in my eyes at how absolutely unaware they are of the God who made them yeah, and sure. what he made yeah. them for and their potential in life. There's nothing wrong with having money. That's wonderful. Have all the money you want, as long as it's his. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so I think for me, just it, from, it's been of a, a bit of a culture adjustment. You know, I was born in Missouri, raised in Missouri, and yeah, we traveled the country, and, and then later on I traveled the world, went to Nashville, and all that good stuff, but I've never really lived in an environment like this, and so to see, I think what it did, let me be really more specific here, what it did was it it, it made me look in the mirror. Um, this is not me judging those people other than the fact that my heart breaks that they don't know Jesus, right? But it made me look in the mirror, and um, you know, since Sarah and I've lived here, we've lost it all. We've lost absolutely everything, except for the clothes on our back. Um, no, we're not there now. But you and know, you lived, lived in there. a little bitty twenty-five foot trailer, a camping trailer, didn't you? I lived in a hundred and ten square feet for over a year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, through through three feet of snow. Um, yeah, but you know what? He's been faithful. He's been good to us, and, and, and things are fine. I, I'm just what I'm saying is that it made me look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. It made me ask myself, what am I doing? What am I working for? I've already had a career, so now what am I just trying to pay the bills? Is that sure? Yeah, why I'm here, you know. Um, and over the last few years, I've realized by looking in the mirror that I am no different than those people. Um, all the work that I did. Um, I might have had a good heart about it, but I was, I was trying to be famous. I was trying to make a bunch of money. I was trying to be successful. And now that I've done all that, and it's five years behind me, not a single bit of it matters to me. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? I don't, I don't talk mm-hmm. about it. When people mm-hmm. bring it up, I get uncomfortable, um, because all I want is Jesus. All I want people to see is Jesus. All I care about is Jesus. Yeah. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I will never, ever be ashamed of his name or the gospel. And the ability to know him like I'm beginning to know him and to be able to defend my faith. And not just defend my faith, but but to, again, be salt and light so that 
everybody I meet when I leave, they're like, what's up with that guy? There you go. Yes. You know, it, that's, an, that's enough. And if that leads to a conversation, I'll take it. If it doesn't, then God will put somebody else in their path to have their conversation. Yes. Um, so there's the long story of what's going on in my life. Sorry about that. That's good. Wow. That's real good. I enjoy hearing that. Love it, Joey. I, I mean it. Your dad and I, you know, we know the journey. We know the journey that you've been on in life. Yeah. And um, you've always had a heart after God. Even yeah. when you weren't right with God, Joey, you still had yes. a soft spot. And because we know you and, mm -hmm. and you would try to uh, make us, convince us that you were hard, but we knew on the inside that you still had a place in your heart for God. And uh, yeah. because we, we know what you were create you, you were created in his likeness and in his image. And we saw you when you worked here at Solid Rock as a worship leader. We, uh, you know, I, I know that's on the inside of you. And so uh, we knew it was only temporary that the things that you were going through, but you came out of it and closer to God today than you've ever been in your 54 years. Yeah, and, and a lot of that, honestly, this is not platitude, but so much of this I owe to the two of you. Um, I owe it to you because of grace, unconditional love. Um, I know parents say they love their kids no matter what, mm -hmm. but you know most of the world doesn't know what I've been through. Right. Most of the world doesn't know, and hopefully they never do. Um, but there's a lot of things I'm not proud of. Mm -hmm. um, but you know what? God, God has literally redeemed those things yes. in my life. He has redeemed them in a way that He's used them. Yes. Uh, to help other people. But my parents never, ever gave up on me. You guys loved me. Um, you never judged me. Never wanted to give up on you. No. We, tried, we, we just what held, steady, held steady in the faith. Yeah. We called those things that be not as though they were. <laughs> yeah. Well, it worked. Yeah, well, it's we're, working. Yeah, and we, you know, I, I love what you said. You know, we can, we can go to the top of success of what we think is the world and sometimes we get that opportunity you did and but yet what god had put on you the gifts and the talents that he's given you uh you aren't doing what you were doing over five years ago on a regular basis but god has opened up so much more Joey, and I'm, I'm not just saying this because you're my son, but you have one of the highest IQs of anybody I've ever met in my life or that I know. You're brilliant. And God is, no, I, I mean, that's just not a mom speaking. It's a, yeah, it's, God's gifted him. It's, it's, it's a real thing. But God has gifted you to do almost anything. And I love the fact that God brought you to a place and he set you down. He literally set you down in Bend, Oregon. He did. And he's put you there to blossom. And that is what you and Sarah are doing. And proclaiming the name of Jesus loudly and proudly. And touching many, many lives as he just keeps opening up yeah. things in, in your life that you never, ever would have dreamed that you would get to do. But you're loving every moment of it. And, and so to the world and to people that are listening, because sometimes people, you know, Joy, they feel like, you know, maybe some have even succeeded, but it's still, it's, they're empty. They still just don't feel like, you know, they look around and I've got this and I've got that, but still I'm missing, I'm missing something. And they keep pushing and they keep trying to find it. And uh, you're a testimony. Yes. I want. Can I just say something yes, real quick? Absolutely. Uh, you may you may not realize it, but you're a great person of faith because after all of those years in Nashville and having a career and going to the top, uh, you, there came a time when you said, uh, "I'm finished. It's time for a career change." And you were you were probably in your late 40s, uh, almost maybe almost 50, when you made that career change. You went you went from being somebody uh, to being willing to work at three guys and a burger or whatever you call that place yep. you were willing to work five. five guys okay uh you were willing to do whatever it took but you you knew that the career that you were in was taking you down the wrong path you had the sense to see that uh it could lead to corruption and you got out of it uh not to say that everybody does uh is in corruption but you just saw what it, for you personally and darlene yep. and i marvel 
at the faith that it took for you not only to change the career at age 49, but to relocate where you knew nobody except Sarah's mom and dad. And, yeah, uh, that's really and, no one. Yeah, and, and that, uh, that really kind of reminds me of what Lou just went through. Lou's been at MoDOT for how, how many? 21 years. 21 years. And Lou is how old are you? 45. Lou is 45, been there 21 years, uh, secure, had a secure position. He was uh, well liked by everybody. But uh, he uh, goes and pursues uh, something better. And lo and behold, God opens the door. And now he's uh, working for another company, making more, a lot more money. And But it was a career change that took faith because you had your comfort zone at MoDOT, right? Yeah. And it, it kind of falls back in, in to what we were talking about earlier. I just... I don't know, sometime last year, I just, I don't know, I had heard, I was listening to some messages when I was driving, and, and, and I heard somebody who was talking about Elisha when he was led to the brook, and the ravens were feeding him, and he had the brook there, and, then, and so he was being provided for where he was, and then there came a time when the brook dried and the ravens stopped bringing, bringing the food because it was time for him to move on. Move on. And that was that was like a word to me, and it, it just it just settled with me that okay, it's time for me to move on. I didn't at the time I didn't really know what that meant. Um, I wasn't looking for another job. I was good at my job. I did it well, um, but I just I had this release that my time there was done. Mm -hmm. um, so I put in, you know, the, I put in a couple of apps, got an interview, and got hired immediately, um, <laughs> which blew my mind and then you know god has really blessed me and i'm at 45 starting over with a new <laughs> career and going through onboarding and all that fun stuff but kind of know, fun isn't it and so, i had feel like a kid again <laughs> i had a yeah. lot of people say you know you aren't you nervous are you nervous to start a new job and and i can honestly say i wasn't not at all i i wasn't nervous about any of it i was it, it i was still just walking in that peace that I knew this is this is the next path mm -hmm. this is where God's leading me so I'm gonna see what kind of an example and maybe there's someone there that you know maybe he's got me there for a reason I, I totally believe that you know nothing hits God by surprise so I'm just um, eagerly anticipating whose life I'm gonna get to um, challenge and change at the new company yeah That's great I'm sure joy when you uh, packed everything up and was pulling out of Nashville uh, your head was spinning like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Where, I'm leaving my comfort zone. I'm, uh, you know, and you, you even got the call. I think if I'm, if, you, if I remember right, you even got the call while you were on the way to Bend, that your name was uh, up for the bass player of the year, and uh, and here here you go. And I'm sure that just brought more questions to your mind, but you were determined that it's time for change. You were determined that I'm going to step out in faith and do what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, um, you're right. There, there were all of those things. You know, I also was leaving my kids behind. Right. My, my yeah. Daughter. Yeah. My daughter was literally in the hospital yes. when I left. I had to go to the hospital to say goodbye to her when we left. Mm. I mean, you know, it's just like it's like, are you kidding me? So on the day that we're leaving, first of all, let me back up and say this: that um, I think that success will poison a broken heart. Mm, it's a good if somebody statement. asked me what's the one lesson that's that a really learned? good statement that's good well i've had people ask me what's the one lesson you've learned mm. you know by being you know one of the best in the world at what you do and it's like well i'll tell you exactly what what it is success and i'm not even talking about money i'm talking no, about I, success yeah. success will poison a broken heart mm. and that's what happened to me i got to the very top there wasn't um a producer or a record or an artist that I hadn't played for that I wanted to. There wasn't an arena, a stadium. <laughs> there wasn't anything I hadn't done. And I got I got there and my heart was so broken and I was so empty and I was doing anything I could to fill that hole. Yeah. Sounds like the old cliche, but I'm telling you, call it what you want, that's what it was. It was. I you know, Sarah and I both were just empty. We were sick. We were poisoned. Um, and that that place, and in, there's nothing wrong with Nashville, but my, that that um, that career path it can can break your heart in many many ways. And most people get their hearts broken because they never succeed at it. 
my heart got broken because it did. Um, and it was because my walk with God wasn't, it wasn't where it needed to be. And my heart was broken and yes. it poisoned us. And so there were what, what started as, okay, God, you know, he started working in us really big time about six months before we left. Um, just like stripping us to the bone, just absolutely starting over, you know? Um, and so we started thinking, okay, God, is this really what you have for us? And I'm like, well, then how, how do I leave all this? How do I leave doing what I'm doing every single day? Are you kidding me? And how do I leave my kids? I don't leave my grandkids. What, you know? But I will tell you, Pops, in specific to your question, the day that we left, could it be any harder? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I got nominated for ACM, Academy of Country Music Bass Player of the Year. My daughter's in the hospital. Um, things are not good. They are just not, we're not good. They're not good. Nothing's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but we took a leap of faith. And the reason that we did was because I'll never forget us talking about, I looked, looked at Sarah and I said, we're sitting on the couch in Spring Hill, Tennessee. And I said, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. My heart is breaking. And she began to cry. And I knew that it was breaking hers too. And I knew why, right? I knew that it was because I had chosen that over him. Mm-hmm. And um, we were headed on the right path when we got here. And uh, the second week we were here, we went to Eastmont, sat in the back, because I didn't, I didn't want to be seen. I didn't want to be, I didn't want nothing. Right. I didn't want yeah. nobody talking to me nothing and uh, there's a reason why i'm telling you this because you know we were still sort of in that process of going you know it was all beautiful and new and shiny but at the same time my heart's breaking because the kids are not here and also i don't have the bait in my hands what do i do who am i like i was the guy that always said i think i said this before to you i said over and over music is not who i am it's just what i do what you do that's right what a liar what (laughs) liar uh-huh. I mean, how deceived can you be and still breathe? Like, uh-huh. I'm telling you, man, it, it was my identity, and I didn't know that till I got here, uh-huh. and I didn't want anybody to know who I was, right? right? I didn't, I, and I meant that, like I didn't. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I yearned to be important. I yearned to be seen. My daughter called, but five months into us living here. Amy, who's been on this podcast as well, I said, Daddy, I've never done this before. And she's crying. I can hear that she's shaking. She said, but I feel like I need to tell you something. I said, okay, what is it? And she said, basically this. I didn't bring, I didn't take you there. I didn't take you out of your comfort zone and put you there for no reason. Son, I need you to look up. Right? Hmm. And I'm like, Okay. Well, that's cool. Whatever. And I'd realized that I was living in Central Oregon and these big, beautiful snow-capped mountains. And I never looked up. Hmm. Never. Like, yeah. I was working so hard just to try to do anything, right? I was so turned inside, so broken-hearted. And when he said, look up, it didn't take long. I knew exactly what he meant. Uh, and I'm, you know, yes, we can see beauty and everything. We can see God and all of his creation. And that's, you know, but I'm, that's not my church. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that uh, when I began to look up and see his majesty and his, his beauty, you know, God knows how to speak our specific language. Yes, he did. God's not going to talk to my heart the way he talks to yours. He's not going to talk to the listener's heart, you know, the way he talks to Lou's. He talks to everybody's heart. He meets us where we are mm-hmm. um, in all of our filth and our shame and all of our embarrassment and all of our sin. He meets us there uh, and does nothing but hold his arms open and says, says, come to me. And by looking up and realizing that I was here for a purpose. Um, and at the same time, things at the church started to happen at the same thing. 
the word started to seep in. At the same time, community started to happen. At the same time, my marriage started to get better. You know, um, so it's amazing. Uh, first of all, sorry, my wife just got home, and my dog is excited. I heard that. Uh, <laughs> um, so I think that I think what I'm trying to say here is that um, you're 100% right, pops. It was it was terrifying. I cried. I think all the way to Wyoming um, before I actually stopped sobbing um, when I left. But I will tell you that I would not change it for anything in the world, and for one reason and one reason only, and that's what God has done. Yes. Not amen. just in my life, but in my kids' life and yes. my daughter's life son's life, my yes. grandkids, me, uh, Sarah and I being pulled out of that situation, forced them to face a living God and to do business with him yeah. on a personal level. That's, that's what he did. Yes. When I'm, when we, when he pulled us out, he not only saved us, he saved them. Yes. So what God has done, yes. I wouldn't change. And the one thing I will tell anyone who's listening, it doesn't matter what you've done or what you've not done, your dreams, whether your heart is broken, whether you think you've got it all, I'm telling you, he loves you. Yes. He wants you. He wants fellowship with you. Um, and you need him, whether you know it or not. You eventually will stand face to face with a living God. Amen. And you will do business with him. Amen. And I love the fact that I am as sure as I've ever been about anything in my life that I will stand before him. And when I do, he's going to open his arms. Yep. Amen. What's he's going to welcome me. Yeah. Well, I want to tell all the pastors that are listening this evening, if you need a speaker at your church, you can call Joy Kennedy at <laughs> Post Office Box 1, Bend, Oregon. <laughs> I was thinking as you were talking, I think, man, I, I just need to put you on an airplane and come out here and speak at our church for about three nights. I think that would be awesome. Oh, gosh. How about that? I don't know that I'd have anything to say. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, you, you've it's had amazing what's in it for 46 minutes, and it was good. It's amazing what's no. It's amazing what's in there, Joy, mm -hmm. and you're anointed of God. Yes, you always you have been. We've known that from the time you were a little bitty, little bitty guy that you were anointed of God. You know, we have and, people in our church today because when you were youth leaders, yes. youth pastors at this church, you made an impression on them and they listened to you, and they're in church today. Yeah, there's one. That's one, crazy. Since I had no idea what I was saying or doing, huh? you were my youth pastor when I first started yeah. coming here. But <laughs> we're gonna have you pray here in just a minute, Joy. But there's there's a young lady, and I've told you about it before, that works. Uh, she dr actually drives uh, race cars, uh, or what do they call them? Race car drivers. Yeah, but no, there's a <laughs> there's a certain one that she drives for. Uh, NASCAR. Uh, anyway, no. Anyway, she drives them. She was here for our ladies' conference, and she comes in uh, every every year. But she was a youth uh, when you were here. Uh, yeah. She didn't get to come. Uh, she, she, I, I don't know who her friend was, but she was in a really bad car wreck, and you went to the hospital. Oh, I remember her. Okay. I went and saw her in the hospital. Yes. Yeah. And what an impression that it made because... She mm -hmm. gave her heart to Jesus. She changed her life. And I never see her without her telling me about it, ever. Really? And asking about you. Always asking about you. Mm -hmm. And uh, That just shows you that God can use literally anyone. I was that's right. a kid. That's right. I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew that I loved him. You Amen. Know? Well, would you pray for the audience? Because you know what, Joy? There are people that are listening that and on the journey yeah. that that we all are on in our yep. lives at different places and they're there and they just need uh, someone to pray and yes. i believe that your prayer is going to touch hearts yes. and lives today let's do it father god i love you so much i thank you god for sending your son for all of us because yes. you knew that we could never live the life he did he did it so that we because he knew we couldn't. There's just no way. I'm so grateful yes. for you sending your son to die for me and to die for all of us, to be rose again, to prepare a place for us. Lord, I just want to pray specific right now for um, brokenhearted people. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. If they're listening, and I know they are, 
God, I ask that you, you would become real to them. Yeah. I ask God that your, that your spirit would flood the room right now. That the words that they've heard, whether they're a great success or they feel like they're a great failure, I pray, God, that they would come to the realization that they need you. Yes. They need to know you. They need to know your loving heart. They need to know your kindness. They need to know your goodness. Thanks for being a dad. Thank you so much. I pray for the brokenhearted people, God, that you would begin to mend their hearts. Yes. I pray healing over those hearts. Yes. I pray, Lord, that these hearts that are broken, that they would begin to walk the path one step at a time in faith towards you. That's what I'm asking, God. The brokenhearted people, you would begin to mend those hearts, let them start walking the path because you're waiting. We thank you, Jesus. I'm so grateful for my parents. I'm grateful for this podcast. I pray, God, that somehow you would use this family conversation um, to help someone somewhere, even if it's just one person. I thank you for that in advance, Lord. We thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Until the next time at the table with Darlene, may the peace of God rule and reign in your hearts. Shalom. Thank you for joining us today at At The Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at darlenesolidrock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At The Table. You can also check us out at darlenerhodes.org. Also at wawministries.org. Thanks again for joining us at At The Table with Darlene.